and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This 30th episode is for the week of November 19th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our Animal Ambassador of the Week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back Brisbane, Australia-based professional astrologer, writer, and teacher, Cassandra Tyndall, to join me on the podcast once again, but this time in a discussion on Sagittarius season and the Gemini full moon. And I have a feeling you'll all enjoy it because we We so bravely recorded it at the time that Mercury was stationing and trying to talk to each other from halfway across the world was very much a comedic experience. So (laughs) hopefully you'll laugh along with the hijinks. Uh, Now, a quick announcement before I continue is that I will not be on air next week. Um, So just an FYI with that, I'm taking a week off to enjoy the holiday uh, season, Um, but I will be back for the week of December 3rd. But in the meantime, my Patreon tarot spreads uh, will be up, and I will have an update up for patrons so that they know what's going on. Uh, So they'll be in the, you know, the FYI of the week, because there are still things happening next week, but I won't be there to talk about it. (laughs) So if you are interested in signing up for that, um, you know, I'll tell you where to find it in just a second. But as I always state, please remember, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and keep up to breast while I am gone for the week uh, and get Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady is growing brighter and brighter as she waxes her way towards this week's full moon in Gemini. Yet before she arrives there, she starts out the week in the cardinal fire of Aries before moving into the grounded earth of Taurus on Tuesday. She remains in this fixed receptive realm until moving into the fast-paced sphere of Gemini on Thursday evening and where she will re- she will immediately make her full moon opposition with the sun who just moved into Sagittarius around the same time. And of course Thursday is our Thanksgiving holiday here in the US. So fun Thanksgiving. After she makes her full moon uh, opposition, she will then begin to wane in her cycle as she tours through airy Gemini for most of the weekend until moving into the sensitive waters of Cancer on Sunday. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you're on Australia or the East, add about 17 hours or basically the following day. 
And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it is quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, you know, Jupiter is our star player this week, as he is quite integral in the transits that are taking place and pushing us towards greater growth within our experience of life. Mars will be making a tense aspect with the great benefic, while the sun moves into Jupiter, uh, ruled Sagittarius, and immediately makes that full moon configuration with the moon in Gemini. And then we then close out the week with the sun making its yearly conjunction to Jupiter, which is initiating a new cycle of expansion. So we certainly have a page uh, turning this week. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Aries, and she will make a trine to Mercury and then a square to Pluto. And our transit of note for Monday is that is when Mars is going to be making his square to Jupiter. Uh, And so Mars, Mars is our focused action, our drive, you know, what we direct our motivation towards, where we might have some anger, accidents, or maybe a little aggression that comes out. Things like male figures, those are Mars territory. And when we have a square, that means that there's some tension, there's challenge, there's events, there's action that takes place. And we are pushing forward um, towards new experience. And what is that new experience? Well, that is Jupiter. And Jupiter wants to expand our worldview and to have us grow in some way and just create overall movement. So we do have the theme of movement on Monday, especially with an Aries moon. Um, And so Mars is now in... uh, In Pisces, uh, and Jupiter has just moved into Sagittarius, so we are having this taking place in the mutable realm. And so this is a unique unique transit in a sense that Mars is represented by Jupiter, because Jupiter represents Pisces by traditional sign rulership. And Jupiter is in his own dignity uh, in Sagittarius. So it really all comes down to our boy Zeus here. And on a positive note, we can focus our motivation on the future and shift into the next sphere of growth, particularly if we are working on larger scale projects. We will be more enthusiastic to take a mission on, and we'll have plenty of inspiration fueling our fires. And as Jack was saying last week, if we operate our drive from a place of spirit while Mars is in Pisces, then we will most likely be headed in a positive direction. In essence, we are working with a transitional space that is helping to create future potentialities, which may also stretch us into new experience. So go with the flow and then this tension-inducing energy. Now, a potentially challenging manifestation would lie in being overly extravagant, self-indulgent, or perhaps biting off more than one can chew on a matter, especially if it comes from maybe an arrogant position. Uh, So just keep that in the back of your mind as you proceed forward. Now, the bottom line for Monday is, is it seems rather fitting to start off the week in the fiery enthusiasm of Aries the same day that Mars makes a square to Jupiter, because Mars is the ruler of Aries. (laughs) So news, communications, and overall business, uh, or not busyness, well, business, yes, but busyness, basically, will be in the air as we initiate the next phase of whatever it is we are working on. Mercury is retrograde now, so in the fast-paced energy that is Aries, uh, since the Luna will be making a trine to the messenger that day, may flow in a few hiccups, but nothing we can't get through. 
And besides, Aries loves a challenge. And as always, with the ram, there can be a sense of irritation, impatience, or maybe a headstrong manner uh, in whatever is taking place. So be aware if temperatures heat up a bit on Monday. So just go with the flow, especially with Mars and Pisces. In the evening, emotional intensity around personal desires may arise as Luna makes a square to Pluto. However, it's a passing phase, so don't go too deep down the rabbit hole unless it's proving to be productive. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is in Aries, but will move to Taurus around midday. And along her path, she will make an opposition to Venus, a conjunction to Uranus, and then a sextile to Mars. And so of note that day, we have the sun who will be making a trine to Chiron, who is currently retrograde. And I don't talk about Chiron too much here, but I definitely do follow it. And I think that this is a relevant transit to talk about. So the sun, the sun, our life force, our vitality, our conscious awareness, uh, when we have sun transits, it turns the page. And especially with Chiron, it can bring healing of some sort. And trines are sudden flowing and rapidly develop something. And they take away all the obstacles so that we can go towards whatever the focus is. And so that aspect is focusing on Chiron, which Chiron is typically known as the wounded healer. But really what it is, is when we have Chiron transits, there might be a wound that is reopened or some pain that comes in. Uh, But with that pain, there's wisdom that comes around whatever that experience is. And so with, you know, there's kind of an emotional wound that is growing in awareness this week, especially with the sun making that, that, So we have the potential of healing taking place, you know, because the sun is in Scorpio and we're talking about water signs here. So that also um, really helps ramp up the healing vibes. And it's also quite possible that the wound can easily open with the flow and rapid development that is inherent with the trine. Yet with that ease of opening, it can also be recognized in, in turn that the wisdom may flood in within the situation, particularly with the sun who is currently disposed by Mars, which is in Pisces, and represented by Jupiter. So we're kind of everything is leading back to Jupiter here, which means this is experience is necessary for growth, uh, and particularly on an ideological or belief level. And with Mars also squaring Jupiter the day prior, which I just spoke of, and both of these planets are basically representing this aspect, Sun trine Chiron, This transit very much ties in with the easing of the potential growing pains that are taking place with that Mars square to Jupiter. So I'm kind of looking at these transits as flowing together. Now, the bottom line for Tuesday is is that we have a two-part day as we are still in the cardinal fire of Aries, yet we'll move into the stable Earth of Taurus in the evening. Along the way, Luna will make a conjunction to a 29-degree Uranus, which is now in Aries, uh, and it could likely set an electrical fire of some sorts. I mean, hopefully not literally, but, you know, Uranus brings the electricity, and at 29 degrees Aries, it's kind of like a spark that ignites, and then we get into Taurus, and then hopefully uh, Luna will ground herself in the sign of the bull. And so... Since Uranus represents individuation, there may be an emotional need to rebel or to liberate when that point is contacted midday. So expect the unexpected, and in Aries, it may come on rather fast. Later on, Luna will harmonize with Mars, helping to stabilize our emotional force while cooling off from the heat of the day.
Now, on Wednesday, the moon is in Taurus and will make a trine to Saturn very early in the day, and then a sextile to Neptune. And so no transits are going on, but keep in mind, transits overlap throughout the week, so we're getting all this flavor, (laughs) you know, as... There's no particular time. But the bottom line for Wednesday is is that we are likely taking care of business today and focused on practical concerns and furthering along our projects one step at a time. The topic of security or money may be a factor to be dealt with early on in the day. Uh, And we are feeling more grounded as if, you know, we're kind of in an eye of a storm right now as the energy is still waxing forward towards tomorrow's full moon. Um, Yet we do have the sun at 29 degrees of Scorpio on Wednesday. So we're kind of testing us on the emotional changes and boundary structures we have made over the last 30 days. And if we, you know, we may feel challenged to stand our ground in some way. We might just want to zone out and have a rest later in the day as Luna makes a sextile to Neptune, which can allow us to have time for some practical daydreaming. Now, on Thursday, the moon is still in Taurus, uh, but will continue to wax towards her full moon position in Gemini, um, which happens at zero degrees Gemini. So it's like Basically, on Thursday, we have not only Thanksgiving, we have the sun moving into Sagittarius that day. And then right after the sun moves into Sagittarius, basically the moon comes around to make a a full moon opposition, which that will be at 9.39 p.m. here in in, on the Pacific coast. So basically around 8 o'clock, we move into Gemini, and then about an hour and a half later, bam, we have our full moon. So uh, Luna on the way, she'll make a super early trine to Pluto early on in the day. And then basically it's just the opposition to the moon uh, in the evening. And so let's talk about the sun moving into Sagittarius and that full moon. Um, So the sun moving into Sag, our solar spotlight officially moves out of the fixed and intense emotional territory of Scorpio and into the experience-driven mutable fire of Sagittarius. This is a special sun in Sag transit this year as we now have Jupiter in the same sign, which also happens to be his daytime domicile. We are likely to feel a stark contrast as we get into Sag season and flit away within a bubble of jovial inspiration, which can lead to stepping out towards new and changing experiences. This is a mutable time of year as Sagittarius is a double-bodied sign, so we can look to this 30-day cycle as a transitional one that is shifting us to from one season to the next. We are likely to want to engage in stretching our minds in a way that opens us up to new cultures and new ideologies. And given the state of the world, you know, that may actually be necessary and potentially challenging. Uh, But that's part of the transit. And so since Cassandra and I will be chatting about this more in our guest segment, in our Haywire guest segment, (laughs) I'll hold off on diving into this any further. Now, for the full moon in Gemini, which will be happening at zero degrees and 52 minutes of Gemini, um, you know, this it's same with our full moon, we, as we will also be talking about that further. You know, I'm not going to talk about it too much since that's our focus of our guest chat. But what I will say is that this is likely to be a busy, thought-provoking, and communicative full moon period, as our lunation perfect perfects right as the sun moves into Sagittarius. So there is a freshness of energy that is taking place, which could also make it potentially more wild. 
With Mars chiming in to form a T-square over, because he's over in Pisces, this is likely to be somewhat of an emotional pressure cooker that asks us to be malleable and, you know, to go with the flow and with uh, whatever our learning process is basically taking place. And aside from Cassandra and I talking about it in just a few minutes, I will also have my full moon article up on my astro blog at energeticprinciples.com. So if you would like to have that sent straight to your inbox, I keep forgetting to mention, come on over to the website and on my front page, I have a mailing list um, form that you can put your email address in. And I rarely email. It's basically just the full moons and maybe something else. So if you want to keep up to breast on the more in-depth articles I, I write for each of the lunations, I suggest that you go on over there and sign up uh, to have it come straight to you. And also, if you're a patron of the podcast, if you're in the $3 tier or up, you'll also receive my moon horoscopes, uh, which are always fun and include your own personal moon uh, animal ambassador. So if you want to check out that, uh, check that out more, you can go to energeticprinciples.com or over on patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples. So the bottom line for Thursday, a.k.a. Thanksgiving, we are likely to have a wild and busy Thanksgiving with a full moon in Gemini and the sun moving into the boisterous sign of the archer. Travel may be on order and the communications of of thoughts, ideas, and perceptions are likely to be on offer as we sit down at the dinner table. If you eat earlier in the day, you'll probably still be under the Taurus influence, so don't bust a gut because, you know, Taurus can be rather sensual and likes to (laughs) indulge. And in fact, with the waxing Gemini energy, you may find yourself at a few dinner tables if you have been invited to more than one gathering, with you trying to juggle, you know, every single invite and make it to each one. Um, So most likely, Thursday will be about full bellies and lively conversation. So I hope that you enjoy your holiday. Now, on Friday, we have the moon in Gemini, and she will make an opposition to Jupiter, a square to Mars, an opposition to Mercury, who is now retrograde, and then a square to Neptune. And so there are no aspects happening that day, um, exact at least. But the bottom line for Friday is, is that we're coming off a full moon and Luna being opposed uh, Jupiter and square Mars earlier on in the day. There may be a mad rush on all that Black Friday hubbub, especially since they open the doors at like midnight nowadays. <laughs> but I know a lot of people do online shopping as well. But if you are out and about and shopping, it could be a mad dash. Now, with the opposition to Mercury, who is now retrograde nonetheless, we are probably going to have a busy and excitable day with nervous energy flowing through the air. Mercury and Gemini can both rush, so be conscious with your movements and your words. This could be a foot-in-mouth sort of day, particularly as Luna opposes Mercury and also makes a square to the nebulous energy of Neptune. So in the evening, you may just want to escape into your own world after a slew of activity takes place. Neptune is also stationing, which I'm about to talk about here in a second. So be careful out on the roads or within any activity that requires precision and thorough attention. Now, on Saturday, the moon is still in Gemini and will make a trine to Venus and a sextile to Uranus. And so of note, Neptune is stationing direct. So basically, after more than five months of retrograde, Neptune is now stationing for a direct movement again. And so this period surrounding this day, you know, maybe 
give or take two to three days in either direction, we are going to have more of a intense Neptunian flavor. Um, and for particularly for those that you are having Neptune transits right now. So if you have planets, especially personal planets, between about 13 or maybe even 12 degrees to 15 degrees of mutable signs, uh, which are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces, you're probably having a Neptune transit. And it's going to be extra, it's going to really be felt, especially if you're having those hard aspects. So just be aware if you're like, what's going on? Um, Because hypersensitivity, carelessness, maybe an impractical approach to things may be attempted at this time. So just be aware of the energy because we probably have our rose-colored glasses on. Yet there is a dreamy quality as well where we can get that, you know, we can get that much closer to spirit and the intuitive energy that resides there. So look for whatever imaginative inspiration arises at this time because it can carry us forward into the outer world. You know, we can take that and then put it out there over the next several months while Neptune is direct. So pay attention to those dreams that are happening around this time. Now, the bottom line for Saturday is that this is likely to be a more pleasant day as Luna applies to a trine with Venus for most of the day, and Venus loves her pleasantries. Uh, And we're operating from a place of greater harmony and willing to adapt and go with the flow of the day. We may want to partake partake in activities of leisure, um, nature, or visiting with friends for a nice chat. Um, And pleasure will most likely be on the agenda, so be sure to partake in some fun. Now, later on in the evening, a sextile to Uranus can give us the opportunity to break out and potentially meet some new and exciting people, potentially also leading us to maybe some lively and entertaining conversation that might expand our viewpoint in some way. So it could be a a fun night to get out on Saturday. Now, on Sunday, the moon is in Cancer and will make a trine to Mars, an opposition to Saturn, and then a trine to Neptune. And uh, a very um, prominent transit of note happening on Sunday is the sun will officially conjunct Jupiter. And so once again, the sun is our life force, our vitality, that turning of a page, you know, that aha, that moment where we're like, ah, I get it. (laughs) It comes to our consciousness. Now, with conjunctions, this means two planets are merging together and they're becoming one. And so, in essence, we are starting a new cycle. And so, where's this new cycle leading us? Well, it's about expanding our world, our worldview, our growing in some way, or moving forward, um, and just seeing the bigger picture of things. And so, this will be the only conjunction that the sun makes to Jupiter while it's in its own sign. So, this is a powerful time that may raise awareness around what the whole of Jupiter in Sag transit is to look like. You know, we're kind of seeding intention um, for a year long vibe that will be going on, uh, not only personally, but also on the mundane level. And so conjunctions are the beginning of the cycle. So we can look at it as if the sun is crossing over Jupiter and impregnating the planet with a solar awareness that will help to carry out the year-long transit story. Wherever this conjunction is happening in your own chart is likely to bring about an optimistic outlook in that area, while also prompting you uh, towards expanding your horizons in that area as well. So you can consider this time as a yearly growth spurt in your understanding. Um, And particularly, it's probably going to be quite strong because Jupiter is in its own sign. So there's just, you know, this is a powerful moment that's taking place. 
So aligning your will and intentions towards the next leg of your journey will be very inspiring at this time. So allow for this brief moment of clarity to envision and align with the bigger picture. Now, the bottom line for Sunday is, is that the day starts with a higher flow of energy as Luna makes a trine to Mars, and we may want to fluff our nests a bit and take care of uh, things on the homestead. Yeah, a midday opposition to Saturn may make us a little cranky or defensive, especially if outside situations present obstacles. But also because the sun is making conjunction with Jupiter, having the moon look at Saturn and Saturn thinking about the long term, this can also help us get that bird's eye view as to the big picture of the long term, if that makes sense. Um, And so we also have that trine to Neptune taking place. uh, And... Chances are, you know, whenever we have Neptune involved, we're going to have inspiration on offer. And this can be a great time to emotionally align with higher principles and the more abstract realms of life, as spirit will be speaking and lifting the veil to the unconscious, especially since the sun is conjuncting Jupiter and the moon's trining Neptune. Uh, Both Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces and um, Sagittarius, you know, these are bigger thinking, wider view, um, abstract type of energies. So we are getting, um, you know, just kind of this spirit hit going on on Sunday. Now, to wrap it all up here, you know, we are certainly growing this week as we get a taste of what Jupiter and Sagittarius will look like over the next year. This is a big picture week that will provide Mercury retrograde with a lot of ideas and inspirations to mull over throughout the next few weeks. So take in what inspires you and let that seed in for further understanding. So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add an extra special dimension to what I am talking about. So this week I drew the King of Swords as the focus and the Nine of Cups as the grounding. And so with the King of Swords as the focus, you know, I really find it quite curious that the King of Swords is back yet again. Because if you listened to last week's podcast, you'll remember that he was found in the grounding position of the spread. The King of Swords as our focus may ask that we be firm in our position this week and to proceed from a sound, logical, and mature standpoint. As we have our Gemini full moon taking place, there will be a pull between the emotional side of things and the reasoning of those emotions. Air on the air side of things. Homophone pun intended. There may also be conflict that arises, so approach whatever comes your way directly and with a rational and calculated defense, because that is the strength of the King of Swords. Now, with the Nine of Cups as the grounding, I think the reason we may be needing to stand our ground is rooted in what it is we truly want and desire from an emotional view. As the Nine is the wish-granted card, in order to get that change for the better or to embrace that success, we may have to execute the King of Swords vibe. Now, the tricky side of these two coming together is being overly smug and thinking you're most certainly right about some topic or issue. And we do have a full moon in Gemini, so just keep that in mind. A little heads up. Especially if you find yourself fighting tooth and nail over an intellectual topic that is fueled by some type of emotional backstory. And with Mars, you know, square Jupiter, this can happen as well. So we just kind of have this brew, uh, you know, so heads up. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the cougar. 
Our feline friend is here to tell us that it is time to embody our inner confidence and to take charge of our lives. This week may call upon you to have to be bold in some way as you move forward on your journey, quite possibly having to rise to the call of leadership in your life. The challenge that will be for some is when we take charge of our lives and have the confidence to go after what we, you know, desire or need, sometimes other people judge those actions or protest our movements in some way. So Cougar reminds us that we can't live our lives around what other people may think about us. So if you find that that fear arises within you, you know, let go of any judgments uh, because it's almost like you're judging what other people will see from you, but you're judging yourself in the process. So just let those go and listen to whatever inner wisdom is arising now because this can be a very wise week. Um, And then just proceed along the path that you know is right for you. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how I'll interact with you personally, I encourage you to come on down and check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. I create a new spread every week, a custom spread based on the energy of the planets that are going on. And so you can get personalized card placements that help you kind of tap into what that energy looks like for you. Because I am speaking on a more broad level. And so if you want to get into what the more specifics are, this can be a very helpful activity to do each week. Now, it doesn't matter if you are new, uh, just starting out, or you've been doing this for years. It just creates an activity um, and, you know, that practice, that habitual practice. Now, last week, we were gauging the big picture um, with all that's going on with Mercury Retrograde. And this week, we're going to be focusing on Jupiter's transmissions. So if you want to find out more and check out a freebie spread, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com. Uh, patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Wow. Mercury is really getting me this week. I tell you, I already have a slow Mercury, so (laughs) you're not helping. All right. Well, I digress. Okay. That being said, now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome this week's special guest. We have Cassandra Tyndall over in Australia in Brisbane. Thank you so much for joining me, Cassandra. Thanks so much, Melissa. It's so lovely to be back here on your podcast and to connect with you again. Yes. And we are connecting. We are dangerous gals connecting on the day before that Mercury goes retrograde and while Mercury is square Neptune. So if you do hear a little lag or a little disruption in our content, it is because Mercury is up to his tricks. Um, So we'll let him have that. But I am so happy to welcome her back. She was on quite some months ago, actually, when we were talking about Mercury retrograde during the summer. Uh, Yeah, it was. It's the July retrograde of Mercury and Leo. Yes. And so now she is back. Um, And we'll we'll touch on the retrograde, but there's so much stuff to talk about this week and I can't wait to pick her brain. But before we get started here, for those of you who haven't seen our previous episode together or know who Cassandra is, uh, will you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm... I live um, from Brisbane in Australia and uh, I do astrology full-time, so teaching, writing um, and consultations. And so um, I came to the US back in May. Uh, I visited Chicago and spoke at the UAC conference and we had connected online prior, didn't we, Melissa? But we met in person for the first time there. So um, so that's what I do. Um, I am... 
oh, what else do I do? Lots of things. <laughs> I'm having a Mercury moment here now. So, um, yeah, I've sort of, you know, done a lot, you know, a few different projects in the US. So I've done some uh, work with Tony Howard and Fresh Voices in Astrology, um, some more projects with them coming up. Uh, some stuff with Oprah coming up. And then, of course, in May, I'll be back in the US and speaking. I've got two lectures on at Norwalk, so, um, which I can't wait. Really excited for that. And then after Norwalk, I'm heading down to your neck of the woods, Melissa, down in San Diego and uh, speaking for the San Diego Astrological uh, Society there. So, Super, super excited to uh, venture. Did a little bit of the midsection in Chicago and this time uh, heading down uh, to the West Coast. So getting on that plane, long flight uh, over the ocean and back onto, uh, back into America. So it'd be really, really uh, exciting. Well, we will be so glad to have you back uh, stateside here. And uh, for those of you who don't know, know, NORWAC is an astrological conference that happens up in Seattle, and which will be taking place in May. I want to say mid-May, late May. Do you have the dates of NORWAC? Um, I mean- uh, not off the top of my head, but I know it's the Memorial Weekend for you guys. And so mm-hmm. I think that's more on the later side of May, like the last weekend perhaps. Yeah, in the 20s, somewhere in there. Um, But then for those of you who are in San Diego, she'll be joining us uh, for the second Friday of June for our San Diego Astrological Society. And she'll also be uh, providing a workshop intensive as well. So more on that later, of course. But our purpose here today is to talk about our Sagittarius season uh, and the Gemini full moon that is happening this week, along with some other type of things that are going on with, uh, it's very much a Jupiter week. And Cassandra and I were just talking about this before we hit the record button of how this is Jupiter City going on. Um, So where, I mean, where shall we even start? <laughs> is the question. Yeah. Where, where does the, uh, the journey of a great quest begin? And that's with the first step, I suppose. So I guess uh, we're looking at the week of uh, Monday, well, it's Monday the 19th. So one of the first, uh, well, I guess, you know, before we get into Mercury retrograde and, and Jupiter and all of that, one thing I'm personally really excited to have. So, you know, we're a day ahead of America. So <laughs> excuse me if my dates are a little bit skewed. I'm kind of like trying to work the Aussie time zones uh, along with the Americans. But because, um, uh, you know, I'm talking to you from the future. In a <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Venus is stationed today on, yeah, on our times. So, um, and then she, so she's stationed at uh, 25 degrees of Libra. She's in her home sign. So she's very comfortable there. And she spends the best part of this week stationed at the station degree on speaker. So she is definitely a very, very happy Venus. And she's got a lot of gifts and a lot of, you know, she's comfortable. She's there with speaker, which really talks about brilliance. It's about knowledge. It's about sort of like a certain level of, of prosperity. And it doesn't always necessarily talk about, um, you know, getting everything that you want. It's a bit Mick Jagger, I suppose, but you get everything that you need. So, um, and she is one of the fixed stars that is closest to our ecliptic. So she's really bright. She's really shiny as is 
you know, Venus, you know, of her own nature. So I think this is just this double down of a beautiful Venus. And after the rough trot she's had over the last little bit, I think this is a really lovely sugar coating. You know, I don't mean that in a superficial way or, um, you know, to cheapen it, but it's lovely just to have this little bit of sugar sprinkled on um, as we move into uh, this new phase, this new chapter of the astrology of this year. So um, it's almost like Venus has gone into her internal space and she's coming out with the olive branch and, you know, she's happy and she's, you know, moving forward. And so being one of those benefic planets, you know, she's kind of, you know, uh, at least by sign making a sextile to Jupiter too. So she's got her own gifts to kind of enhance or support um, the Jupiter piece. And so being, you know, this whole Venusian thing, there's a lot of, uh, you know, collaboration, togetherness, um, teamwork and support at hand this week. Mm, I love that, Cassandra, because I, you know, with so much going on, in my mind, it was almost like, okay, Venus is stationed, let's move on. And I know that's not the case because when, when a planet stations, there is a lot of strength behind that planet. And it's quite interesting that we have uh, the pleasure of Venus going direct and Mercury going retrograde at the same time. It seems very, um, mm. very faded. And it's interesting that they will meet in the middle as well, uh, the two planets together. But uh, since this particular week has such a Jupiterian flair to it, since we're going to have Mars square Jupiter, we have the sun moving into Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter. We have a full moon that has the sun conjunct Jupiter, and then the sun will conjunct Jupiter as well. So to to pair in your you know the Venus story here, we basically have two like lit up uh, benefics this week in many ways, which I think that could be a totally. good thing. Yeah. And so, look, I mean, no, go ahead. So this is our lag, people. So you know, <laughs> it's our lag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, as we're recording this, you know, Mercury is stationed square net. And we're trying to communicate with dodgy internet across the ocean. It doesn't yeah. get any more textbook, right? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and what were you saying, Cassandra? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, I might, yeah, I don't have to like uh, track back there for a sec. So, you know, I mean, I might be talking a little bit, uh, you know, from a position of bias, having my moon very close to speaker, but um, I think we deserve this. After this summer, well, for you guys, the summer of retrogrades, uh, Mars, Venus, uh, just, you know, everything that we've been through for this fixed, stark, south nodey type of energy, at last, we've got something good. We've got something to kind of inspire. We've got something sweet and generous. Um, and I think we deserve it. <laughs> well, I, I think we. I think a lot of us deserve a lot of things after the year that this has uh, passed here. But I like what you're saying there because if we think about it, just to play into uh, the Gemini full moon that's going to be taking place on Thursday, which we'll get in here uh, soon in a little bit. But the you know a lot of times things come to blossom in their fullness. Um, at the time of the full moon, which can be initiated at the time of the new moon. And it's interesting that the new moon in Gemini back in June was basically about a week before the whole retrograde shebang, you know, took off. Um, 
So I almost look at this full moon as like coming to like, uh, you know, the apex of basically all this retrograde energy um, and, you know, just coming out with a a knowing or an understanding um, through it all, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it kind of bookends the purpose or the reason or some kind of maybe bringing some new light or new information Mm -hmm. to the season that was. Yeah, because it was totally a process. Like, I, not to dive back into it, because Lord knows many hours have been spent talking about what, the retrogrades and everything that has gone on this particular year, um, as far as us astro buffs are concerned. Um, but, you know, here we are in the tail end of all things retrograde, basically. And now we are experiencing Mercury retrograde, literally in this moment, as Cassandra and I brave this. Uh, you know, international call. Um, so because we talked about Mercury retrograde last time, let's do a little catch up here as far as, you know, what are your thoughts on this particular Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius, back to Scorpio? Yeah, I've got a few thoughts on this. And uh, um, I, just so, you know, if Anyone who's listening, you know, is not familiar with me. I'm a Cancerian. Oh, actually, we're both Cancerians. So, you know, we have the nature we like to look back, okay? So when I look at this uh, particular retrograde, so uh, Mercury is stationing at 13 degrees and then he's going to backtrack through that first half of Sag. Then he's going to take a little bit of a dip back into Scorpio. Now, um, I guess because Mercury retrograde is a little bit of a theme on on, the, on your podcast because I spoke about uh, Mercury <laughs> retrograde last time. So going back to December of 2017, Mercury also had a retrograde phase through the sign of Sagittarius, but he stationed direct at 13 degrees Ooh. of Sagittarius. So we often look at Mercury retrogrades. You know, we think about the fact it's maybe having to redo or rethink or uh, reprioritize or, you know, the whole kind of reevaluation type of thing. But I feel that this has got maybe like a little bit of a, a double downing of that effect because when Mercury kind of picked up the pace last time, it's almost like he's going, uh-uh, there's something else there. But there's a fundamental difference. Okay, so we're looking um, back in 2017, you know, Jupiter, uh, sorry, Mercury in Sagittarius was also having to deal with Saturn, but this time he's dealing with Jupiter. So it's almost like a sayonara Saturn and Sag, we're done, we're, we're over you, and now we can kind of like maybe reflect and look back and take some of those, the Sag, uh, sorry, the Saturn and Sag uh, difficulties or challenge, you know, which sort of was basically the, the bulk of 2015 until the end of 2017. Now, whatever uh, that phase was for you, it's like, okay, maybe just fondly look back or fondly remember, take the lessons, take, you know, the new perspectives, the refresh perspectives and moving forward from there. Mm, yes. And I, I really like that piece because... Hello? 
See, this is Mercury retrograde happening again. She has to go through the door and answer it for someone. I don't even think I'm going to cut this out because I find it fascinating that all these little things pop up. So this is exactly uh, the perfect example of what you know Mercury retrograde really looks like, especially the stationing Mercury, because that's when things are most active, and you're just going to get those like quick little things that come out of the blue that especially interrupt uh, certain flows. You know, as people come to talk to you or knock on your door or the internet doesn't work, you know, all these types of things. And so sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. So we'll just wait for Cass to get back here. Um, And if it takes too much longer, I'll cut this segment out. (laughs) So sorry. Oh, well, I did a monologue while you were gone to explain. I literally had someone bash. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I had the most ultimate Mercury retrograde uh, or Mercury station moment. There was somebody just bashing down my door and, I was, and because of the lag, maybe I didn't get to communicate that. But uh, yeah, so as we were saying, you know, Mercury uh, stationing, um, I actually took a Mercury retrograde risk this week and ordered a new mobile phone or cell phone and it's just arrived. So. Uh, well, I was thinking how funny is it that you get a knock on your door um, that is really loud because fire signs can be rather loud and sad to be over the top. And here it's like, bah, 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 you know, like banging down your door. Here's your phone, Cassandra. Yeah, he's like yelling at me and then it's like, it's from Vodafone, you need ID, like, because it's, you know, yeah. a contracted type of thing. But anyway, yeah, so it was just like, ah. Okay, so. Um, hilarious. Yes, yeah, so I definitely feel that this uh, Mercury retrograde is maybe a bit of contemplations or, um, you know, taking those perspectives or renewed versions of truth or personal philosophies and beliefs, um, you know, taking those satin and sag hardships or challenges you know, look to the Saturn, uh, sorry, the Sagittarius place in your own chart. And now Jupiter's coming through there instead and maybe giving that kind of um, the gift or the reward for whatever hardship, challenge or obstacle you faced. So again, there's that kind of, you know, that double benefic Venus with Jupiter and all that sort of, you know, whatever was hard for you the last few years is kind of, it's, it's like a culmination type of thing. Yeah. And I, you know, because uh, Cassandra is now doing a podcast that was in the makings for quite some time with two of her Aussie uh, lady friends, which Kelly Sertiz is one who's been on the podcast before. Um, and what, who is your third leg of the water trio? Yeah, so, um, so I'm the Cancerian. Um, our dear friend Alicia Sheikh Yusuf is the Scorpio and uh, Kelly uh, Sertiz is um the Pisces leg. And so we call ourselves the water trio because we all have a very tight grand trine with our sons. Mm. And so we all met each other, I think it was about 2004, 2005, when we were all living in Sydney. And we just, you know, we just connected and we always kind of have. Um, It's just been, you know, those kind of soul sisters, water, emotions, all that beautiful connection that we have between the three of us. And so the whole idea of a podcast has been kind of on the, uh, you know, on the agenda for a little while. And uh, earlier this morning, we've just recorded, um, you know, our third and fourth episodes. So we're very excited to kind of get that out there. 
Yeah. And so on their first episode, Cassandra was talking about, you had brought up um, the fact that, you know, Saturn had been in Sag for, you know, two and a half years prior and how mm. things might've been limited in that area. Um, but how now having Jupiter come in where, where things might've been like, no, no limits blocks this. Now Jupiter comes in and is like, you can say yes to things you have to yeah. you, you know, there's new opportunities to, um, progress that particular area of your chart. And for, for me personally, that was like a, it, it made complete sense. And it gave me some hope uh, because that was, a, that was a little bit of a bleak transit for me personally. And so that I'm hoping that little piece of information will also light up some other people's ears with, you know, the possibilities of what's to come in while Jupiter's in Sag. Mm, yeah, I mean, it definitely was, um, you know, Saturn trying to do what Saturn does with, under Sagittarius is not ideal, <laughs> um, but we've got, you know, this double downing of, of you know, Jupiterian energy in its own sign. So um, it's sort of like, yeah, there's this really, this real sense at the moment um, and this is, you know, a few points that, you know, I spoke about with, you know, the three of us spoke about earlier. It's like the horse behind the gate at the moment. You know, we've, got, we've had the entrance or the ingress of Jupiter in Sag, but we are not fully or really yet felt too much of what he's got to offer yet. Mm, yes, we're getting a taste. And uh, yeah. well, and speaking of, I think this might be a good segue to talk about the fact that the sun is moving into Sagittarius. And yeah. we'll make that conjunction to Jupiter rather early on. And it only happens once. So um, it's interesting to have that um, immediate switch of the sun's solar focus and then pair with uh, what is to be, be a year-long transit. And so I think a lot of the Sag season and mm. that conjunction is setting the stage for much of the growth or at least the realization of what is to be had within this next year's cycle. Um, 100%. Yeah, totally agree with you. So um, when you think about the sun and Jupiter as kind of like the sky kings, really, and they're coming together, um, and, you know, Mercury, the messenger is, you know, only a, a cooey away, as we'd say in Australia. So, um, you know, he's within uh, ears range. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of like the, I think this week really does hold a lot of promise for what 2019 can offer. Mm, yes. Particularly from the Sag, you know, you look at your Sag house whatever that may be for you. Um, and that's kind of this, you know, keep your eye on it. You know, Mercury is retrograde, um, you know, for this week, you know, stationing probably, you know, my time about now. And, you know, if that means take your notes, jot things down, you know, how does it feel this time compared to maybe the Mercury retrograde of December 2017? And, you know, how far have you come in your Sag house from where you were when Saturn was going through. Mm, I have come so far personally. <laughs> I will use myself as an example. And so which house is this which house is this for you? For me it's it will be your second house yes, from memory. House, yes, which I oh, beautiful, I will take beautiful. some Jupiter in my second house. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh look, you know. If your ship's coming in, Melissa, you've got to celebrate that. <laughs> <laughs> One one hundred percent. Yes. Which, and that's wonderful. I mean 
it's funny too, because I was thinking back to this time, um, the last time Jupiter was in Sagittarius. 12 years ago. Yes, 12 years ago, back in 2007. Mm. Um, and actually, that was setting the stage for that particular year and the year to follow is the year that I made the most, the time I made the most money I've ever made in my life. Um, and I was killing it on eBay selling vintage clothing before it was like a really got booming. And this is before Etsy existed, you know, all that type of thing. And so it was kind of new. It was different. And it was in the, it was in the bubble of, um, of a, of a Pluto still in Sagittarius and Jupiter there. And, you know, before the market crashed and people had all this credit and stuff like that. So it, that really, <laughs> that really, um, was beneficial for me, like that period in time. Um, so I'm interested to see how that is going to reflect based on, you know, because everything's different. That's the thing is that a planet will revisit a sign, but the rest of the sky is going to look different. So there's always that variable there, but different. I'm still promising. I'm exactly. still promising. <laughs> so my Mercury mind is now ticking. So you would have the ninth house being ruled by cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last time all you had the, the Jupiter influx was um, you were selling vintage clothing online. Yes. Um, and now we've got the North node in cancer through your ninth house, but now you're podcasting. Yeah. So it's still kind of got that global impact or that global audience as well. So there's definitely that overlay of themes, isn't there? Even though the North Node was not in Cancer last time. Yeah. And then we've got this beautiful reception between Jupiter in Sag and the Node in Cancer. Yeah. And so there well, was some you, reception dignity there. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. Mm. You'll probably find this uh, funny, um, especially having a Jupiterian Sagittarius second house. Uh, 70% of my sales were international. And, wow. and the, a lot of them, Cassandra, went to Australia. I had a really strong I was going to say that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. UK, oh, Australia. Even like even the Scandinavian countries, yeah. Wow. Most of my business was across seas. Um, I just always maybe it's my ninth house sun and that Jupiter Sagittarius second mm. house. Like me and foreigners, we get along. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we can definitely see how those themes are overlaying. Mm. Mm. Well, and then we have the running joke yeah, for well, I mean, Cassandra um, with your where's your Jupiter hanging out. Oh, okay. I was hoping we could skip. <laughs> I was hoping we could skip this. No, topic. no. Well, you know, um, you know I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all shy now. It's, uh, that's know. that's funny. You turned the spotlight onto me. Okay, so um, I'm a Gemini rising, so I have Sagittarius as the um, as the descendant, and. Um, so back in 2006, seven, where Jupiter was there last time, um, I got engaged. I didn't marry him, but we got engaged. And the time before that, I think would have been maybe like 95, 96, maybe, mm. whatever, you know, whatever that was, uh, I actually got married that time. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so... So we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, we might have to have uh, like perhaps a, um, energetic principles um, live feed from my wedding maybe. I don't yeah, know. 
if she gets married. Although I think each time Jupiter rolls around, you probably change your view of what that looks like for you personally, you know? Oh, <laughs> I'm 41 now, so I'm a little wiser. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, but well, I had to put you on the spotlight. Yeah, it's it's kind of like when you... Sorry, I think we're oh, just talking over yeah. each other with oh, the lag I'm, there. I'm, I was just saying I had to put you in the spotlight because I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of textbook, right? Mm. Yep. So, And um, I guess just as a little segue for, um, you know, those who are listening who, um, you know, you might just have your astrology enthusiasts who are still learning or those who might be a little bit more intermediate or advanced. But... um, I think when we're looking at things to do with perfections as well um, is one technique that can really help us hone in events. So you're going to have this Jupiter and Sag, you know, somewhere in your chart. But, um, you know, if you do happen to have Jupiter in your first house, it is going, the cycle of Jupiter in the sky is going to generally be the same as the perfections um, in your chart. Not always because of the way Jupiter can retrograde back into other signs and um, which it does do sometimes. But, uh, you know, it, you can have these double down of strengths when we're looking at, you know, Jupiter's cycle. So for some people it's going to be huge and then for other people it's going to be like, well, that was kind of like not what I expected it would be. And often Jupiter does bring that. You know, we can, comes in with a lot of fanfare and promise. But remember, Jupiter is a planet that is basically storms and hot gas. <laughs> it can be a whole lot of nothing too. So, um, you know, all, all show and no go kind of thing. So, um, but, you know, if you can, uh, I'm a big proponent of, you know, overlaying your techniques when you're wanting to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of how might this look for you and your chart. Yes. Yes. If you are doing that for yourself and if you're not, that's what uh, myself and Cassandra are here for to help you out. (laughs) Um, So, all right. So let's talk about, yes, let's uh, contact your local astrologer. Um, So now let's talk about Sagittarius season in general here. Um, Just as a season as itself, Um, because it's a stark... Okay, so I guess we have to talk about Sagittarius season within the context of Jupiter being there because I think that's kind of the, you know, that's very much the theme of the of this particular Sagittarius season. Um, so I'm wondering, A, what you see for this Sag season in general, like kind of like the, the vibe or the energy that might be happening um, and what to kind of look out for um, as a bystander, as an um, astro bystander. <laughs> Okay, um, I really see the, it's about generosity of spirit. Mm. It's the generosity of fire. It's that desire. You know, when we think about Sag, um, it's the lead up, it's the sort of zodiacal lead up to, you know, Christmas, holiday season, um, that, that kind of thing. 
And so there's a lot of partying, there's a lot of socializing, there's a lot of getting together, exchanging gifts or, you know, the joy and a merriment and the excitement of possibilities, you know, families being together or taking holidays, you know, assuming that all is, uh, is you know, as it should be in your life. You know, Christmas can be miserable. Uh, holidays can be miserable for some people. But, you know, that's kind of like the potential or the promise of that. So we've got, you know, the Sag season is kind of amped up. It's turned right up to 11 this time with Jupiter uh, there. So, um, and I've really noticed on social media over the last few weeks, um, you know, uh, well, I mean, I put my tree up early this year, which I kind of broke away with tradition and uh, put it up much earlier. So I've already got my Christmas tree up in the house. So some people in Australia do the real tree, but uh we don't have the weather that really kind of works for that. Mm. So we all kind of just do the fake ones here. Um, so um, I've noticed on, you know, of course the commercial side of Christmas puts everything out there early. But what I've really noticed online is, you know, these quotes and memes and bits and pieces saying that, you know, you don't have to go broke to show somebody you love them or perhaps exchange experiences or exchange uh, gifts that come from the spirit or the heart as opposed to the pocket. So I think that's going to be a different type of uh, flavour to the Jupiterian or the Sag season. Mm, yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's funny, Cassandra, because I was thinking um, when you were saying just the idea of uh, Sagittarius season in general, you know, it's that, that's that party time. It's the holiday spirit that's leading up to basically the, the holiday itself. And then that the cold dark of January, at least here in, the, in North America, because we got to keep in mind that as she is putting up her Christmas tree, it is summer there. Um, but you know, what's interesting, <laughs> it's what's interesting is that I used to work, uh, I feel like I'm doing a history of all my, my jobs that I've had in my life on this podcast. Um, but where I used to work, I used to book these, uh, um, tours for seniors to, to go to do things all around Southern California shows, Mexico trips, all that type of thing. Anyways, our busiest, uh, time of year. And the reason we had to actually postpone our personal holiday party, everybody would complain because our holiday party would actually be like after the holidays in boring old Capricorn season. <laughs> but it was because all the tours were leaving during Sagittarius. People travel mm. like crazy. They want to go see the holiday lights. They want to see the special shows of the, you know, all that. And so that really fits into the merriment that is Sagittarius. Totally. You know, and I just see the whole concept of Santa. He's just this big, fat, jolly man that just wants to give, you know. So, um <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, this Sagittarius season um, because it will be the first one that we've had. Um, I suppose last year we sort of had the Capricorn, Saturn and Cap. So, but, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be, um, I think, more about the meaning of this time of year uh, and the experience of it um, rather than, you know, it's just going to make it a bit more special. And I think with the note in cancer as well, it is, you know, maybe doubling down on potentially some family themes or maybe even breaking away with some of the old traditions of the way you've done stuff and having Christmas or however you celebrate this time of year, 
maybe creating new memories. Mm, I like that because, you know, the world is shifting our whole percent, you know, everything is shifting. And so even those traditions, especially with the South node going through Capricorn, um, you know, that we might be shaking things up a little bit there um, and trying things, you know, just a different way of doing things. Plus Mercury is going to be square Neptune basically at Christmas. So that'll add a, its own flair <laughs> to the whole thing. It's, it's interesting because yeah. our, our I mean, holidays are, uh, it, yeah, our holidays are interesting because we have our full moon in Gemini, which we're going to talk about here in, in a second, which will be happening on Thanksgiving here in the United States. Oh, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to assume that you don't do Thanksgiving there. <laughs> no, we don't have any. I know the Canadians have their Thanksgiving, I think, in October. We don't have anything um, that kind of represents that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it makes sense. It's it's based on a, a you know a cultural story that we're involved in over here, um, which has yeah. its you know its own. Uh, I mean, we do have our we do have our yeah yeah <laughs> we do have our our things here, but uh, we don't have a Thanksgiving per se. No. Yeah. So well, either way, the holidays are going to have a little special flavor. Uh, in their own right, I think this year, based on the planetary uh, perspectives. But now to continue on with Sagittarius season here, I was just, you know, it's Sagittarius season and Jupiter together. Because last year with Sagittarius uh, season, because anytime we're in Sagittarius, any planet, but particularly the sun, you know, because this is, a, a, you know, it sets up our segments of the astrological year. When the sun is in Sagittarius, it is represented by Jupiter. And so Jupiter in his own sign this year is very much uh, all things Sag. But what do you think the difference uh, flavor-wise from a Jupiter in Scorpio of last year <laughs> during Sag season versus Jupiter in, you know, in its own sign? Like how that would flavor different? Um, I guess... Uh, it's just a double downing of energy. It's going to be sort of like Sag on steroids. So um, I think we will probably see a lot more travel this year. Um, maybe, you know, going to a different place or somewhere where you've never been before or where you might just stay home for Christmas perhaps. You might travel or go somewhere different. Um, so the roads might be a little bit more congested. You know, considering that Mercury will be still, you know, playing games with us through this season. So um, travel, logistics, um, I think that's going to be um, one of the major things that we will see through this season. Mm, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, speaking first, I'm, yeah, I mean, for just sort of thinking like, Oh, probably since Jupiter was last in Sagittarius, my, uh, my Christmas traditions were, you know, they haven't really, they've changed, but the essence, the people I've spent the days with and stuff, um, you know, were pretty much the same. But um, this year is going to be exceptionally different for me personally. Um, a few other people I've spoken to, they're doing something that 
they haven't done before. So they might be, uh, you know, having a family holiday. And I mean, it's quite common here in Australia, you know, people go camping or they will, um, you know, go to the beach for holidays. You know, from what I understand, you know, many Americans and my friends, they have, you know, the big gatherings at home, whereas we sort of tend to go out or do things a little bit more, Um, go to the beach and, you know, have for the early morning swim and then, you know, get back inside before it gets too hot. So, you know, it might be about, you know, family holidays over Christmas or, you know, barbecues on the beach, well, at least here. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of that happening uh, in my client work and, you know, people that I know making plans that are very different and they do seem to be involving uh, whether it is, you know, packing up the car and loading up the fuel tank or booking an airfare. Mm, yes, which is so funny to hear you talk about um, Christmas plans in Australia because I'm thinking people are going to be huddled up. It all, <laughs> it's, there's no eggnog here. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a totally different vibe for sure. And, you know, and that's yeah. especially for people. Yeah, I think like you my- might have even commented. Uh huh. Sorry, uh, it's the lag again. Yeah, um, I think you may have even commented, uh, you know, recently. Well, you know, I put my uh, Christmas tree up. I put something up on Facebook, you know, just letting my American friends know that you're know, here in Australia. It's not Christmas unless you're dripping with sweat putting the tree up. Oh yes, that's right. Because I had written yeah. a song called "Hot Christmas" a couple years back uh, ago. We had a Christmas that was exceptionally hot and super dry and super staticky, and so I just was inspired. I was like, I'm going to write a song about hot Christmas, and it was fun. It was hilarious. So I, I get it. Mm. I get it. You know, we have our <laughs> at least here in California, we get that Santa Anna's that can bring. You know, I mean, half of our state is ablaze right now. So that tells you a lot about our personal weather, at least mm. what I'm experiencing here, which is also yeah. very Jupiter and Sag um, because the last time we had um, some oh. of the worst uh, firestorms that we had in California actually happened in San Diego County back in 2007. Wow. And so we're here. We're Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're there again. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get some relief um, there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that Mars now in Pisces, as Mars is moving into Pisces right as we are, are talking, I'm hoping that will bring the uh, the rain or the wet that is needed. A bit of water. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, rather than perhaps, you know, uh, just unleashing that Martian nature and, you know, adding fuel to the fire. But mm-hmm. moving into a water sign, hopefully it will bring some uh, some relief at that level too. Yeah. At the very least, humidity. <laughs> I will just take some humidity. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that will be lovely. And a lovely, you know, and just, you know, again, speaking about, you know, Jupiter, and and everything, you know, we've got um, Mars in a Jupiter-ruled sign again. So um, this is, you know, just adding to that flavour of, uh, you know, generosity of spirit, Sag, but also the emotions, uh, you know, Pisces. So, you know, I hope, I guess this is just maybe, you know, my eternal optimism is that, um, you know, this can be a really heartfelt time for people this Sag season where you can really kind of set the hopes and intentions for what 2019 promises, you know, especially under that uh, sun Jupiter Kazemi. Um, it's sort of almost like the new moon of Jupiter. So we have the ingress last week, but 
um, you know, it's kind of almost like a stalled start or a bit of a delay there. Then we have the Kazemi. So it's kind of like, you know, planting the seed of possibility for 2019. And then as we sort of move further into December and Jupiter gets enough distance from the sun, then he can actually be seen. So it's like, you know, I came, this analogy, I guess, of, you know, at the moment we're like these wild stallions behind the gate waiting to be unleashed and so um you know i think that's going to you know heat up and fire up and you know mars moving into the jupiter ruled sign is just going to add a little bit more of that passion and that spirit but also from the the feeling perspective so it's going to perhaps cool the jupiterianness down maybe a touch um but yeah i think it's really some beautiful astrology that we're moving into um you know, Jupiter, you know, Venus, speaker piece. Um, you know, there's a bit of Mercury mischief, but, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's that's all bad. Um, I think it's Jupiter, sorry, uh, Mercury retrograde is always a wonderful time to, you know, reassess, you know, in, in the sign that we're in. Um, you know, where is your, where have you not really been in alignment with your own truth or principles or where have you been going with the flow where you maybe shouldn't be. Um, and then, you know, Mercury is also going to dip back into Scorpio very briefly, uh, probably be the f- maybe 2nd of December for you guys, the first here. Um, and, uh, and it might sort of invite us to, um, okay, before we take these adventures, before we uh, plant these seeds of hope and promise and things like that, you know, how do we really feel about it? You know, what are some of the, you know, let's revisit some of the maybe Venus retrograde stuff just a little bit, get in touch with the feeling of of the fire um, is, you know, all the things that we've kind of, or the hope and the possibility and the potential, you know, it's like being whipped up in a storm of, of uh, you know, possibilities, but then maybe taking that little step back. But how does that feel? Is that mm. really what I want? Um, you know, Mercury moving back into Mars's kind of territory. Is this what I want? Yeah, because it's it's one thing to wrap your mind around all the possibilities, but it's another when it's time to get serious and put the drive, you know, in in that particular direction. And I think a lot of this Mercury retrograde is going to be about that, where we're looking at this this bigger perspective and and you know, because it is the last retrograde of this particular year. It's been a lot of retrograde action. And so there has been a lot of that inward process that is pushing us into 2019 um, and the promise that that holds. And so here we are back again with one more reassessment of this, uh, of our mental big picture and the possibilities that lie there. Um, and speaking of Mercury and Mercury being mm. retrograde, I think it's, it's, would be uh, fitting to go into the fact that we're having this full moon in Gemini at zero degrees. So basically the sun moves in to Sagittarius and then bam, we have a zero degree um, yeah. full moon and Mars is hanging out, you know, in a T-square with all that. Um, and this is going mm, to be, yeah. our, this is going to be our third uh, lunation in the past. Okay. So basically new moon in Libra, uh, and the full moon in Taurus were both governed by a retrograde planet, retrograde Venus at the time. And then we have this new moon in Scorpio, which okay, is yeah. which was Mars. And now we have this full moon governed by a, a retrograde Mercury and then making, you know, we see Mars in that T-square, which is helping to activate a lot of the new moon, you know, promise that mm-hmm. was taking place. Um, I mean, what do you make of it, Cass? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's um, it's going to be a really interesting time. Um, Mercury, you know, Gemini full moon is again. Um, I guess the kind of the silly season, the peak of the silly season and heightened sociability and um, getting out there, making plans. Um, but with the the retrograde factor and, you know, Neptune and Mars, it might be about having to uh, be maybe a little bit more selective about the invites you choose to attend, the, the events you choose to attend, um, not spreading yourself too thin um, and, you know, you know, just the whole social double wires, you know, crossing and um, and all of that as well. Uh, it's definitely got this kind of vibe to it that is, um, it's, you know, embarking on the adventures. I mean, it's got this, you know, moon, full moon in Gemini and the ruler, Mercury, is retrograde in Sag, you know, there with kind of Jupiter and the sun. It's, you know, let's go on an adventure. Let's not worry about the details too much. And, you know, it's kind of, it could get a little bit crazy, I think, you know, but it's going to be um, this beautiful lead into, um, you know, to what's possible, you know, this free flow of, of possibilities and I guess not getting too caught up in the details. You know, Mercury, full, a Gemini full moon generally is a little bit, you know, detailed orientated, wanting to get into the planning of things. I'm happy to go with the flow, the mutability of Gemini, but I need the details first. But now it might be a little bit uh, not worry about the details so much. But, you know, full moons often have this heightened emotion, a little bit kind of, uh, I mean, not necessarily volatile, but a little bit more sensitive. Then, you know, if you're not able to communicate Mercury retrograde, the details don't come out right, you don't get the right details, and that Mars square, uh, uh, it could, you know, just add to a little bit of tensions or a little bit of frustration. So I think it would be really important to be, like, double-checking details or maybe really hone in on those uh, quintessential Mercury retrograde type messages. So just to avoid perhaps any getting hot under the collar, Mars in Pisces, or getting heightened uh, sensitivity because, uh, you know, emotions are a bit heightened with Mars in Pisces and then, of course, the moon being full. So there's, you know, heightened sensitivity there this time around, which we don't normally get with a, a Gemini moon. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out personally, just because, um, you know, I tend to I tend to liken astrology to what's going on in in the culture and in, in you know politics and stuff like that. But I like to look at it in, in in the world view. And I just find it very interesting that we have this full moon uh, with this uh, potential emotional sensitivity, and especially around you know things such as being able to communicate, you know, sharing ideas with people and uh, sharing our beliefs or communicating what that looks like. Because keep in mind, we're in Sagittarius, and Sagittarius is very much, you know, it's, it's representing that ideological and belief realm of, of things. And everything is pointing back to Sagittarius for this full moon. And so, you know, of course, my, my Mars and Gemini, who likes a little bit of conflict, because 
Gemini, you know, can be a little bit of, uh, you know, like they can push buttons. They can be confrontational, um, especially with ideas or words or uh, in a competitive sense um, with things. And because it's happening in Thanksgiving too, you know, and if you got that family with the Cancer North Node, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just all these things coming together that I was... Thinking. Yeah, so you've got that additional piece to keep in mind under this lunation is that it is Thanksgiving for you guys. So it is a little bit, you know, the heightened emotions or sensitivities around families and get togethers and, you know, who was invited to this and who wasn't invited to that type of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, Mercury retrograde uh, in Sag, you know, look, um, there's also this. Uh, I mean, I guess it's, uh, you could kind of like excuse the kind of the phrase, but, you know, you could always go balls to the wall with how, you know, saying what you feel about certain things as well, you know. So if there's something you wanted to get off your chest, you know, just get it off. So, you know, there's those elements too. But, um, yeah, I, I, a lot of people I've been speaking to have, have sort of like making these pre-Christmas plans or starting to work out their logistics um, around Christmas. Um, and it's almost like a feel that this time around, you know, Christmas does have a way of uh, sneaking up on us. But this time I feel like there's a lot more planning around it. Um and, and organizing, it's almost like this preemptive strike that things are not going to happen the way that we kind of think they will, or there'll be some snafus or some, you know, uh, logistical hiccups. So let's plan early, prepare for everything. Um, but definitely this kind of sense of extreme polarity there, because the ruler of this lunation is not only retrograde, but it's also opposite, opposite the moon. So, um, I've seen a lot of people uh, going away under this destination too. So the the emphasis of, you know, short-term travel uh, as well, little weekends away. Um, I'm traveling uh, on the weekend. So I've got uh, sort of this, you know, polarity of experiences happening in my own world uh, on the lunation. So uh, going from one extreme to the other. So there's definitely that kind of polarizing Oh, you know, and it's heightened too. Nah, it's, you, uh, yeah. You know what I just thought of is that, um, What's that? for, for this weekend, cause, uh, my man and I were talking about maybe going away. We've been trying to get away for so long now and it just never happens. And we're like, Oh, this weekend, you got a, you know, four day weekend, all that. And so we were kind of, that was the mindset. And then yesterday I looked at my calendar and I was like, Oh, I forgot. It's I, we have a wedding to go to on Sunday, uh. <laughs> so it's a perfect Mercury retrograde moment. You know, it's like yeah, window of opportunity. But then it's like, oh wait, I'm already committed to this. This is you know mm. already on the something's in the way. But that's okay because the person getting married, I absolutely adore, and I just know it's going to be a great time and a fun festivity with all the. Jupiterian stops being pulled. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, uh, in terms of you know travel and and what have you. I mean, I haven't gone interstate here uh, for about six years. So um, I'm actually heading south. I'm going to Melbourne um, later in the week and uh, to. Uh, see Austin, yeah, as in Austin Copic, he's coming to Australia and, and doing an event in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, so being, you know, connecting with some of the American uh, astro crew who are, it's 
often that uh, uh, they they come. So uh, it's definitely a wonderful uh, experience. It'd be great to to catch up with them again. So um, yeah, it's you know traveling. You know, Gemini full moon. You know, it's generally a little bit more about. De- domestic or uh, short distance travel to immerse myself in this level of uh, wisdom and knowledge and have a a wonderful experience with this whole astrology magic and and mischief that no doubt will uh, ensue on the weekend. So it's going to be a a real kind of Gemini full moon uh, leading into the Jupiter Kazemi weekend. Yes. And that's, that's, you know, Sagittarius loves to learn. It wants to hear all those juicy bits of wisdom and, and to take that in. And so this could be another part of the full moon or just Sagittarius season in general, because it likes to learn. It wants to know more. It's got an insatiable uh, curiosity to experience all types of things. And so that's part of what's happening too. So I think we're all going to be learning quite a bit uh, this week in many regards. Um, (laughs) Even if it's just on an internal level, you know, with Mercury uh, being retrograde, it could be a lot of what happens is is kind of uh, an internal directive going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, uh, you know, reconciling in your own mind what is true for you or, you know, what is uh, where your principles lie what are you you know prepared to be that sort of uh that warrior for in a way with mars in jupiter's sign as well yes because that's that's a very key point especially when we have mars squaring that that full moon because mars wants to fight pisces it's a it's a shifty fighter <laughs> in pisces <laughs> um and that's the thing and i think what it really comes down to with uh, with it all is this is all taking place in mutable signs. So it, it really is about going with the flow and having flexibility and whatever it is we encounter. Cause that's just going to be, that's where the success will lie or like the experience and the fun of it all. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Cass. Well, we have definitely chatted it up here on all types of things with our interesting Mercury retrograde, uh, back and forth it's, lag. It's, <laughs> it's not here. I think when we get together for the Mercury Retrograde podcast, it's never going to go in a straight line. (laughs) No, no. It'd be foolish to think that it would. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yes. So, all right. Well, uh, will you tell people where they can find you? You know, your website, social media? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can find me on my website, which is CassandraTindall.com. Um, I'm on uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the sort of regular avenues. So pretty easy to find. Yes. And if you didn't get that, I will always have the information on my blog so that you can access her directly. And I'll also put some links to uh, the upcoming NORWAC uh, conference um, and other things. And then also her podcast that she's got going on, the, the Water Trio. The Water Trio. Yeah. <laughs> We're <Yes>. loving it. <laughs> yes. They are fun, a group of fun ladies to listen to. And you just, there's something magical about people getting together that know each other very well and are able to, you know, Mm, yeah. So if you are keen on the Aussie accent, there's three of us there. Yes. <laughs> yes. All your Australian accents in one place. <laughs> so <laughs> check that out for sure. 
Um, all right. Well, where can you find me? You can find me on energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, and once again, just a reminder that I will be off air next week um, for the week of November 26th. So you'll have to fend for yourself <laughs> astrologically there. But I will be back December 3rd with the next uh, episode. And we'll be talking about the new moon in Sag at that point. Um, but just do know that my Patreon uh, will be active. And so I'll have the tarot subscription going. And I'll also provide a little mini report for those that are my patrons so that they're in the know for what's going on. And if you want to be a patron or to find out more about that, you can do so at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, and if you like what you hear today in our Mercury retrograde hijinks, you know, share it with a friend and let people know um, because sharing is caring. And what also is caring is possibly a nice uh, iTunes review because I that helps me get seen and that's greatly appreciated. Um, and the last thing on my big spiel that I have this week, good Lord, um, is if you do want to find out more about this full moon and my full moon article uh, that, I, uh, that I put up, um, you can sign up for my mailing list on the front page of my website. Uh, so if you're interested, come on over and check it out. All right. So once again, Cassandra, thank you so much for being here. You're always a pleasure. Oh, thanks for inviting me back. I, I love talking to you and you're chatting about the astrology. So thanks so much. Absolutely. And next time we'll uh, reconvene, maybe not in a Mercury retrograde. Let's do that. Oh, we should do the Pisces one. Why not? <laughs> ah, there we go. She's all in. She's willing to take the risk. All uh, right. Yeah. I see. Jupiter and Sag, I'll say yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. 